Hello, everyone. Uh, today's episode is with Amy Smith. She is a physical therapist assistant. She is a director of regional operations or regional director of operations. One of those two, I might not be seeing it right, for Restore Therapy in Alabama. Amy, um, she has a long track record of leadership and mentorship in the PTA caucus and in APTA. I'm super excited for you to hear about her leadership journey. So if you are a PTA who's looking to get into leadership in the future, you're not gonna wanna miss this episode. Amy gives us all kinds of tips um, and advice on mentorship and ways that we can learn and become um, better leaders and uh, better physical therapist assistants. So please hang on, listen to the episode. I hope you learned something. I know I did, thanks. Hi, Amy, how are you? I'm doing great, Katie. Good. Welcome to the PTA Plus podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about talking about PTAs. Absolutely. I'm excited about it too. Um, Whenever this podcast kind of came to fruition, I started making a list of all these people that I really wanted to talk to. And, And I mean, there's a lot of people on the list, but your name was absolutely at the top of the list. Um, so I'm really excited that we were able to finally get this conversation going. You're a very busy person, so I'm excited that you took some time out of your day to talk to us. Yes, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and give our audience a little bit of a background about who you are and what you do. Um, our conversation today is most likely going to revolve a lot about, um, a, a lot around leadership because Um, I feel like I've learned a lot from you and I think our audience can learn a lot from you. However, um, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do, where you're from. Right. Okay. Well, my name is Amy and I'm a PTA. Um, I live in Alabama. I'm sure that you don't pick up on the accent at all, but I am a Southern girl. Um, I've been a PTA since 1995, so about 28 years. And I also have a degree in healthcare management. And about 15 years ago, I kind of stepped into more management and beginning with a location manager in a skilled nursing facility. And then about 10 years ago, I moved to a regional director. So currently in the state of Alabama, I manage um, around 15 different sites um, from central Alabama to north Alabama. I have freestanding outpatient clinics. Um, I have one pediatric practice, um, skilled nursing facilities, a hospital-based community, and then some outpatients um, that are in retirement communities. So we mostly do geriatrics, but I I do a little bit of everything. Um, Like I said, I do have one pediatric um, practice. So that's kind of my my day job is um, working with Restore Therapy in Alabama. And then my, my side job, the one that I love, is being involved in APTA, and that's a volunteer work, and um, I've been involved in the Alabama chapter, um, the national organization of APTA, and also the APTA geriatrics. So um, I've served in many different capacities over the years, um, kind of starting as a membership chair in Alabama many years ago, and then kind of moving up to PTA representative for the state of Alabama, um, moving into a nomin- nominating committee role, both on the chapter level and within the PTA caucus. And then I served as delegate and chief delegate for the PTA caucus. And I learned um, 
a lot about networking and making relationships and collaborating. Um, and really, you know, this profession of ours, we're, we're really special to be a part of it because what we do every day, um, helping individuals get better and advocating for our patients, um, what a great profession to be involved in. And so um, since I kind of retired as the chief delegate of the caucus, I've been involved in the PT PAC or um, um, it's not the PT PAC, but I was involved in the committee that um, advises the board. And mm -hmm. then um, as well as the APTA geriatrics, I am now the PTA caucus PTA council representative. It gets us every so, time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, our new structure is the PTA council and it takes a little bit of repetition to, to start a new habit. So I'm excited about the opportunity of where we're going as a council. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've, um, you've served in multiple different roles um, and you're obviously a lot more than only a PTA. And so the, the name of this podcast, PTA Plus, kind of came about because I wanted to highlight all of those additional things that we do as PTAs. So if you were going to finish the sentence, I am a PTA Plus, what would you fill in those blanks with? I'm a leader, um, an educator, um, an advocate, uh, a mountain biker, a mom. I happen to be a mom of two daughters. One of them is a PT, so I'm a PT mom, too. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mountain biker. Um, the list just goes on and on. Yeah. So I know that you do a lot of mountain biking. Like you're, you, you're, it's like, not like biking, like you're like biking, <laughs> like you're doing all these big things. Um, where do you like to go bike? Um, I know you mentioned that you just went hiking, I think last week, like where are your favorite places to go? What are some of those big places that you want to go in the future? So Bucket one of my, things. yeah, one of my favorites um, is Sedona. Um, Sedona is just a beautiful place, very different mountain biking than what we have here in the South. Um, my favorite trails within driving distance is uh, Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina. I've been to Whistler, um, to the downhill park there, um, Snowshoe in West Virginia. Um, bucket list, you know, what's, what's left? What do I still want to do? I would love to go... <laughs> There's a mountain bike company and they have a trip in Croatia. And that's one of my bucket list. I want to go to Croatia and um, go mountain biking over there. Um, and then there's several places just, I want to see it all. We have so much in the U.S. Mm -hmm. still. Um, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Idaho. I want to go to Idaho, Wyoming. Um, there's some bike parks up in Michigan and Minnesota. So all the places. Go everywhere. Do it all. That's awesome. Well, next time you come up to like the snowshoe area, you'll have to um, let me know because that's not too incredibly far for me. I can meet up with you. I'm not a biker, but I can hike with you. <laughs> there we go. We'll go hiking. Yeah, that sounds good. Great. Okay. Well, way to get us started off with all of that information. So um, I um, selfishly sometimes ask people questions about what I want to know about them. Um, but I know that it's definitely things that everybody else can learn from you as well. So what really kicked off your leadership journey? Because opportunity doesn't just show up to your doorstep. You still have to come and, and show up to gain that opportunity at some point in time. So like, 
where did this all kind of start for you? You didn't just graduate from PTA school and become the chief delegate for the PTA caucus. At least I don't assume, assume you, that you well, did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. So that's a great question. And, you know, kind of takes me down history lane a little bit, you know, just memory lane a little bit. But um, when I was a student in PTA school, we had chapter meetings. And at that time, the president, he would have members from each school give a quick brief uh, presentation or talk, you know, a two minute elevator speech, you know, at the conference. And so I was appointed to represent my class at the conference. And again, this was probably a two minute, this is what we're doing. But so that was my first time to, you know, kind of get up and speak in front of a, a PT group. And so I spoke and then afterwards, um, you know, the president, Jerry, he came up to me and he said, you did a great job. He said, the people behind, I could see you because you were behind the podium. He said, I could see you fidgeting, but nobody else in the audience could see you. Um, so, you know, he gave me feedback then. And my first job, you know, I actually let my membership lapse maybe less than a year, um, maybe a couple of months. But uh, I went to work for Jerry and he encouraged me to be a member, encouraged me to, I mean, it really wasn't an option. I was just a member, um, but he encouraged mm -hmm. me to go to conference, provided the opportunity to go. And one, we, we had the great opportunity to have our spring conference at the beach. And so we would have conference down at Perdido Beach and um, sometimes in between classes or before a, a business meeting, you might be down at the beach for a quick walk. And I was down there and there was a PTA who's been very involved in, she was involved in the affiliate assembly. Um, she was the president of the affiliate assembly years ago, Jeannie Box. Jeannie also served as the chair of our licensure board. And she was there with, with her sisters actually. And she told me, she said, it's time for somebody else to step up. You know, it's time for, for somebody else to step up and take a chance. And she was always one of those people that you just respected. And um, she taught me a lot. I would have never ran against her. You know, she's just one of those people who's like, mm, she's running. I'm not running yeah. for office. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, that was several years after, um, after I had graduated, probably five years. And I ran for representative and I lost. Um, so the person that ran um, backed out for whatever reason. And so a month or two before House of Delegates, I got the call that said, hey, we need somebody to go. And so my very first House of Delegates was in um, 2001, 2001 in Anaheim. And I was hooked after that. Wow. House of Delegates is a an experience that you you just have to to be there to really feel it, and I mean that had to be incredible and maybe a little overwhelming to you at yes. first. <laughs> yes. So Sheree Metz, she's also from Alabama, and at the time she was my go-to person. You know, she was on the um, National Assembly Board as well. She's a member of the Barefoot Gang that you interviewed last on your last podcast, but. Um, you know, I remember calling Shree and saying, okay, tell me about this Robert's Rules of Order. Like, when can I speak and when can I not speak? And I don't want to be called out of order. 
And I was like, I'm just going to have you on a headset in my ear. So you're telling me when I can and can't talk. You know? Yeah. But yeah, it was it was very overwhelming at first to think about, OK, I'm an Alabama girl. I'm going to fly to California and go to this meeting. People that, you know, a lot of people I don't know. Um, but you very quickly make connections and network. And, you know, I have friends all over the country um, and that's pretty mm -hmm. neat. So, you know, there that are a lot of yeah. a lot of mentors along the way that I think about. Jeannie Box was one of them. Another one was Barbara Bradford. And Barbara was a PTA educator. She's a PT, but a PTA educator. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they really instilled in me is your voice is it you is so persuasive. And at the time we didn't have a vote. And so or we had a half a vote. And you know, they told me your voice is so much more important than a vote or so much more influential than a half a vote or even a full vote. And that is very true that that my voice um, and my opinion managed in the right way and being open to others and willing to collaborate. That's the most significant thing that we can give to our profession. And I think it's mm -hmm. it is a really an expectation. I mean, that really is something that we should do is we should be involved. And, you know, my opinion may be wrong, but if I don't hear Katie's opinion, then I may not be able to see the other side of it. And so having that, that attitude and that willingness to say, I want to sit down at a table with 10 other people who see mm -hmm. things differently from me. I want to understand their perspective. And together, we're going to come to a better solution than we would individually. Absolutely. Hands down. And I think that that's, um, that's been something that's been very significant for me, um, being fairly new to the PTA council role, is when I'm sitting in a board meeting or if I'm sitting in a delegates meeting, I'm representing all of these PTAs from Ohio and for you, Alabama, um, and for you at one point nationally, you know, as the, the chief delegate, like you, you had to think of every single PTA and how the decisions that we're coming to affect everyone. So it can't just be my opinion. It, it really forces you to think outside the box and to um, take other people's perspectives into consideration and it broadens everything for you. Absolutely. It, it, you know, as a chief delegate, I took that very, um, I took it to heart. You know, when I am speaking, I'm not representing my opinion. I'm representing all PTAs um, within our organization. And um, now as a geriatric PTA, geriatric, APTA geriatric, uh, I'm not geriatric. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> But as their um, PTA representative, you know, I represent I re all of them and not just my opinion. And so that is significant. And, and it makes you stop and think. And, you know, I hear people say about me that, you know, you're really good to stop and consider what you're going to say before you say it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it is important because our words and how we say them um, and how they're interpreted by others is important. And you can't take those things back. People remember um, what you say, uh, but more so how you made them feel with what you said. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I um, recognized about you right away. Now, I had been attending the PTA town halls at CSM before I even got into the PTA caucus at the time. Um, and I, I recognize that about you right away is that, and anybody who knows Amy personally knows that you're cool as a cucumber. Um, I have never seen you frustrated. And what I have learned about myself is that I can be very chaotic from time to time. I can get stressed. Um, if I don't have good organization in my life, it tends to throw me off. So what I have found about myself is that I like to surround myself with people who kind of keep me in check, um, who offer balance to my personality. And I feel like that's how I work best. Um, so that's how I've kind of developed myself is I recognized these things about me that I didn't necessarily like, but I knew I could fix. So how do you develop a leadership style? Like, are there things that you had to learn about yourself and change and, and find out to kind of develop who you are? Yeah, so um, it, it is very important that you kind of, like you said, you recognize the things that you need to work on and develop those. Um, through uh, Restore, we do the Covey Seven Habits. Um, and so um, those have been instilled in me. And we typically do trainings, you know, at least once a year. And a lot of it is repetitive for me now that I have been with the company for, you know, 15, 16 think 16 years at this point in time, but every time I take something away and when you take something away, you implement it. You, okay. This is the thing that I need to work on. This is the thing I need to, to do better at. Um, we also have a lead program um, within our company, um, leadership, excellence and development. And I'm a mentor through that program. And as a mentor, you get just as much, you learn just as much from your mentee as they learn from you. And so mm -hmm. through the lead program, you know, we establish goals and then we meet and we talk about those goals each time. And so it gives me the opportunity to, to um, look at myself and consider what things that I need to, to change or to do better at. Um, you know, when I think back through the years, you know, I think there have been difficult, I've been involved in some very difficult conversations at the mm -hmm. board level within the APTA. And the one thing I had to learn is, you know, and, and I said this earlier, is that if your opinion is different than mine, that's not personal. But for us to be able to talk about it, we may get to a place where we agree. Mm -hmm. And one of, you know, I've, I've been asked before, you know, what's the was a pivotal moment in your career with an APTA. And it goes back to this meeting that I had with the board um, as a part of the PTA board work group. And Sheila Nicholson, who was a, a great leader um, from the, she's actually from Alabama, but she's, you know, a Florida chapter, um, pres former president, board member, um, she's a PT. She was a PT and then also a lawyer. And so you can imagine debating a topic with Sheila can be a little overwhelming, um, a little uh, intimidating. And I remember debating a topic with Sheila and 
I might have been cool as a cucumber on the outside, Katie, but I was sweating bullets under that suit. I promise you. <laughs> and um, we had a great debate. We were we had different viewpoints and, you know, the board meeting closed. And that night we went to dinner and we had drinks and we had a good time. Um, and, you know, that taught me that it's okay to have a different opinion. You still are respectful in how you speak and how you present your topic. Um, and it's okay for somebody else to have a different opinion. And we did, you know, from all those discussions, we brought forward the motions that ended in the, the chapters allowing PTAs to have a full vote. Um, so there were positive things that came from those difficult, hard discussions. Um, and honestly, I don't even remember what the discussion was about at this point in time, specifically. I just remember feeling a little intimidated, yeah. but, but speaking. So you've touched on this a little bit um, as far as like mentors go. Now, I know you're at a point where you mentor others. Um, I feel like you have directly and indirectly mentored me um, and many others. But um, how does mentorship and service tie into leadership? Because I don't feel like you can have one without the other. I agree. I think they're intertwined. I don't, I don't even know that you can separate them. Um, can you be a leader, a leader and not a mentor? Well, I don't think you're an effective leader if you're not mentoring. Um, I think back to, you know, Janet Crozier was a mentor for me and she, she stretched me. She pushed me. She's one that would mm -hmm. give you really good constructive criticism. Um, mm -hmm. she would tell you, okay, you're doing great at this. You need to do better at this. Um, and when I first became a chief delegate, it was intimidating to have conversations with the board. And I remember her saying, you know, that's not my conversation to have that's yours. You need to pick up the phone and call. Um, or, you know, whatever the mode of discussion was at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's mentoring and leadership to me go hand in hand. Um, even where I am in my position with, with work, I want to be mentoring and, and developing people that can come along beside me and help me mm -hmm. or that take my place at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. um, as we, we should always be growing leaders, we should be growing people that can take um, the, the profession to the next level. Um, mm -hmm. When I was when I was a chief delegate at that time, we didn't have a chief delegate elect and we really didn't have a uh, like the outgoing chief for a year. And I felt that was a real opportunity that we were missing because um, you lose the ability to mentor, to allow that mentorship of the incoming chief. Um, without knowing who it is. You can try to mentor five different people, mm -hmm. but that doesn't allow you to focus that mentorship on the person who's actually going to take that role. And so since that time, you know, the there is a chief delegate elect, and even with the PTA council, there's a chief delegate elect. But mentorship is very important. And like I said, it is a two-way street. So as I mentor younger, newer graduates, I learn just as much from them as um, they have for me 
like I said, our lead program here with Restore, one of my first lead candidates that I had, her name is Sabrina Drummond, and she's a CODA. And we worked together, and at the time she was a rehab director. And now she's a regional director, so we're counterparts at this point in time. And she kids me and says, you know, you didn't know when you signed up for that, that you were going to be my mentor for life. And I just say, well, you didn't know that you were teaching me just as much as I was mentoring you. So um, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, I think mentorship also has many different levels. Um, there is a very structured where you set goals and you um, meet to discuss those goals. And then there's a little bit more of a, a casual um, mentorship where, you know, you and I, Katie, um, I, I think back to one of the first times that we were on stage together, um, and that was with the uh, Future of PT Summit. And to watch you be involved in that, um, I learned a lot from you and just your style and, and how you um, present yourself. Um, it's really neat to see PTAs taking um, leadership within our profession like that, because mm -hmm. as a part of that uh, future of PT Summit, that's the very first one that they did. And you and I mm -hmm. were both very involved in that. So having two PTAs mm -hmm. uh, being integral to that process, I think was really great. And it shows just how PTAs have become more integrated within the profession and the support that we have um, both at the state level, but also nationally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, with the PTA, the future of PTA Summit, and even with what I do right now, and you already said this, I'm constantly thinking about our future leaders. Um, I know we have work to do right now, but what we do right now lays the foundation for those future leaders. And so I, I think, um, if someone comes to you and says, hey, have you ever thought about doing this or serving here or whatever it might be, they've recognized a quality in you and um, you should at least explore it. Um, try not to shut it down and say no right away because someone has recognized something in you that they feel like um, could really bring value to the profession in the future. And like I said, I'm always thinking about the future and any kind of role that I'm in I may not serve in this role for a very long time or any of these roles for a very long time because in Ohio, man, we have some really stellar PTAs. And as much as I enjoy what I do, I can't wait to see what the next generation of PTA leaders does too. And I think that you also kind of touched base on this a little bit, talking about the, the Barefoot Gang and some of the work that happened before, way before I became involved with the PTA caucus. Um, but some of those people who were in those um, positions that really laid that foundation for what the caucus has been um, and the council is now going to become, do you still keep in touch with some of those folks that mentored you? Like, do you still look to them for, for leadership and mentorship? So Chris Junkins is probably the one that I, that I interact with the most and see the most. Um, so Chris is a great mentor. He's very calm, um, very, even keel um, and he's very objective so if you have a question or if you're thinking about something and um, you're just not sure he's a great counsel for advice 
Um, I know as we've been looking at the PTA Council and then some of the, the motions that are coming forward to the House this year, there's been some questions about history. And I was talking about, I was talking with Jeannie Thompson the other day and she was asking me about the role that the PTA played in the um, affiliate assembly and on the board prior to, in the House of Delegates prior to 1998. And I said, you know, Chris Junkins was there. I wasn't there. But Chris can tell you from the perspective of I lived it. You know, I was a affiliate delegate on the House of Delegates mm -hmm. floor prior to 98. And so that's pretty amazing. Um, Sheree Metz, Sheree's from Alabama. Um, she and I, our work paths have crossed some. Um, she has worked with Restore um, before. And her husband is a PT, and her kids. One of her one of her children is um, singing in Nashville, uh, a country singer. Um, so I keep touch with with Cherie. We don't talk often, but our our paths cross. Um, and then the others, I mainly keep up with Facebook. Um, Russell Stowers, um, I do mm -hmm. see him at conferences. He served as a rep um, over the past couple of years. So we definitely stay in touch. And I know at any time, if I have a question. All I have to do is pick up the phone or shoot an email or uh, shoot a Facebook messenger and say, hey, I've got a question. Can we hop on a call at some point and talk through it? And um, it's really great to have those resources and to have that history. Um, they know so much about the, the history of the PTA prior to my involvement. Yeah, and, and if anybody has not taken the time to really kind of dive into that PTA history, Chris is a great um, historian on some of that PTA history, but I think it's important to understand that, to know where we are right now, like where we've come from, um, where we're going, um, to understand that because there was a lot of work that was done. Um, we didn't just arrive to where we are right now by accident. There was a lot of people who very purposefully did things to make our path easier now as compared to what it maybe was for PTAs 50 years ago when, when we just kind of got started. Um, and I agree with you on the networking thing. I think that when I, when I finally started saying yes to opportunities and probably the biggest yes that I um, did was to, to say yes to the Centennial Steering Committee that opened up so many incredible relationships for me and networking for me. And just like you said, I know that I have a text feed of people that I can reach out to any day about any issue, about any problem, whether it's professional or personal, there's a whole slew of people who are there to support you. And that has been one of the greatest values that I've received from saying yes to opportunity and to being involved in things such as the APTA and Ohio Physical Therapy Association as well. Um, I, I have these people that have my back 100% of the time, always. So one of the things that you said to the audience is, you know, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I think you would be great at this position, you know, be open to it, um, be open to considering it. There are a lot of opportunities for people to be involved and that involvement can be short doesn't have to be a three-year commitment. It could be a very short commitment. Um, but if someone sees in you the potential, you know, don't say no. You might mm -hmm. say not at this time, or you might say, mm -hmm. well, help me understand more about what this position entails or what this work would be. Or you might say, 
I'll, I'll think about it if you'll go with me or if you'll, you'll mm -hmm. walk with me along the way. Um, so definitely um, that struck a chord with me is, you know, be involved in whatever way that you, that, that speaks to you. Um, there's a lot of opportunity. We just had a PT pub night um, earlier this week. It was on a Tuesday night, I think. And we have a new young PTA in Alabama who's really stepped up. Macy was uh, also involved in the APTA social media. And she was one of those that she just raised her hand and said, hey, I want to do something. And uh, I first heard her name from Lisa Mack, you know, APTA staff. And I was like, who is this person in Alabama that I don't know? Who's this PTA who wants to be involved? And since then, uh -huh. um, I've really got to know Macy and she's so energetic and um, just very, uh, she's now co-chair of the membership committee and doing a great job. And I'm just really excited to see, you know, this next generation, this younger generation mm -hmm. um, be so excited and involved. And, you know, I want, um, I want to help those people. I want to be able to support them. Um, the nominating committee of the PTA caucus council, whoever, you know, they reached out to me a year or so ago and said, you know, would you like to run for office? And I said, I would like to let others run, you know, if there's something that you need, I'm willing to step up and help. I said, but I would rather allow others to be able to step into positions and grow and lead. Um, and that's really where I am right now with, with the council. You know, I am on the Jerry, the geriatric um, representative, but there's lots of opportunities for people to get involved. And if anybody has questions or they need support or they need, um, I've also done like mock interviews. The very first time I ran for office, I did a mock interview in front of the Alabama chapter and they critiqued me up and down one side and the other, but it taught me mm -hmm. um, how to interview better. And, um, and so now I have the opportunity to do mock interviews for, for others who are running for office. And um, I just uh, currently am serving as a campaign manager for somebody running for national office. So that's been fun too, and a whole different perspective than um, things I've done yeah. in the past. <laughs> yeah, certainly. What an opportunity. So there's another plus, and, campaign and manager. Some, there you go. Yeah, you can add that to your <laughs> list too. And sometimes I think that um, sometimes you're being mentored and you don't even know you're being mentored. You know, I, I, I look back at some of the folks that really encouraged me to um, take on some different opportunities or to, to forge forward in certain areas. And at the time I thought, why are they making me do this? <laughs> like, do what, what, what have I done to deserve this? And sometimes there's things that are put on your plate um, that really kind of test you. And I think that there's been a lot of folks that have kind of um, secretly mentored me over the years that I didn't maybe understand it at the time. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, I, I see what they were doing. I see how they were molding. And <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it doesn't feel good, you know? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not always sunshine. Sometimes there's some, some testy things that we have to go through. Speaking of um, rough waters, you actually had the opportunity to lead. And I say opportunity, even though, again, it might not have felt comfortable at the time, but you led the PTA caucus through some rough waters. Um, the PTA differential really kind of had its um, birth 
during your leadership. And that was a hard one. What's it like to lead and guide when there's some rough waters that you're treading through? So how, as a leader, how you um, present yourself and lead through those rough waters, it changes the whole demeanor of your group, um, of the profession and the association. So, um, you know, when that happened, um, when the uh, when the House brought forward that motion um, and passed it that created the PTA differential, you know, I got a call um, from Sharon Dunn and Justin saying, hey, you know, we need to hop on a call. We got to tell you what's going on. Um, and, and so I remember I was in Jacksonville, Alabama at a clinic um, with a new uh, PT that had just started and I was doing an orientation and I was like, I've got to step away for a minute. Um, so, you know, that's the first thing is that they were very involved and engaged in communicating with me immediately as soon as they knew. Um, mm -hmm. And then the second thing is is just realize, you know, trying to take a step back because it, it direct, it's very personal to me. It, it, it affects us directly. But trying to take a step back and look at the bigger picture, look at the history of other types of differentials um, within the, the PA and, you know, the doctors and nurses looking at what happens there and then how that may have led to this. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, the most important thing is what, what can we do now? What, what, what mm -hmm. things are within our control, within our scope? Absolutely. And how can we positively mm -hmm. impact it? If something is outside of our scope, if we cannot influence it, if we cannot change it, then my mindset is we don't need to spin our wheels on it. We don't need to, we don't need to waste time on it. We need to think about the things that we can affect and how we can positively impact. And so trying mm -hmm. to focus with all the words that we say and our thought processes, focusing on those positive things, the things that I can do. And that's with the PTA differential. That was with the half vote. That's with the full vote. Mm -hmm. Really with anywhere we are with our personal life, with our work, you can either be the person that focuses on the things that you cannot change and be a negative Nelly, or you can be the person that focuses on what can I do? How can I make a difference? How can I positively impact this negative thing? And that's, I mean, that really is who I am. And there may be times where I might get stuck in a negative, but I always try to redirect myself and say, okay, let's think about how to be positive. You know, that's one of the things that mountain biking is how I vent. You know, that's where I get rid of any kind of frustrations or built up anxiety. When you're mountain biking, you really can't be thinking about other things. You can only be thinking about what's in front of you, climbing the hill, going mm -hmm. down the descent, yeah, whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes things happen and you crash and um, you get you get back up, you dust yourself off and you get back on the bike and you do it again. Um, but, you know, when you are in adversity, when you are in rough waters, you have to focus on. What is the positive? What do I have influence on? 
and how can I make a positive impact on that? And that's the biggest, in my mind, that's the biggest thing. We think about rough waters, that makes me think about whitewater rafting or canoeing down mm -hmm. a river. When you're in rough waters, you're looking for the path that'll mm -hmm. take you down the river. And I think that's the same thing as a leader. You're looking for the, the path that's gonna keep you moving forward. Yeah, I agree. And I um, I have to commend you because I think that you did an absolute stellar job of leading all of us very nervous and, and unsure PTAs through that time. And, and I think it was that cool as a cucumber um, personality that you had that really kept everyone else calm. And, and I do think that you reflected that very well as to, hey, these are the things that we can focus on. These are the things that we can do. And really, I think you and I both know the fight's not over. Um, you know, there's still a lot of legislation that um, and advocacy efforts that are still happening. So um, I don't think that we should say, okay, well, the fight's over. We've we've lost. Um, there's so much more that we can do. And that's the again the value of advocacy, and that's the value of donating to the pack when you can. Um, you know, there's still more to come. It's not the end of the road. Um, but here's what we've been handed. What can we do with it now? And you know, you never you never know when something's going to happen that's going to catapult change. You know, COVID was a very very difficult. It's a pandemic, but mm -hmm. there were positives that came out of it, and telehealth was one of the positives that came out of it. And it, that's something that we had advocated for before, but to mm -hmm. see it in action and what a positive impact it could have used in the right way. Um, and how that changed practice, you know, within our setting, within the rural communities that we provide service to, you know, if I had a PT that was managing two buildings and now one had COVID and one didn't, well, if without telehealth, we wouldn't have been able to provide service in both of those communities. Um, because, you know, in one area I have, I think there are two, two licensed PTs in the entire county and one of them works for Restore. Um, but, you know, wow. I mean, that's just, there's just not enough, there's not enough people to provide the service. And so um, mm -hmm. the more that we can do to increase our ability to, to provide that service um, will help. And I'll be in DC next, next month advocating for our profession and, um, you know, last year we advocated for telehealth. We advocated for um, PTAs. Um, you know, part of this differential is there are areas that we're advocating to lighten it. And part of it would be to um, not mm -hmm. have the differential in rural areas. Um, part of it is to, to take mm -hmm. the cap off of the supervision requirement. Um, so there's several things that might help our ability to, to be able to provide service in these rural areas. And we continue to do that and, and, and look for the, the little rays of sunshine that we can't get. Yeah. Find those gems. And like I said, I think that that should give, um, PTAs hope that the fight's never over. Um, we just have to kind of reinvent how we do things. So. And, and that's okay. I think that keeps us um, skilled. I think that keeps us on our toes. And, you know, if, if, the, if things were the same all the time, 
how would that challenge us, you know? So, so we got to deal with those things as they come. Great. Um, okay. So Amy, how about a plus point? Would you be able to kind of um, give us some words of advice for the PTAs that are listening? Um, maybe some kind of a call to action. What do you have for us today as far as your plus point? So I'm going to say to, to lead where you are. Every one of us has the opportunity to be a leader, but we have to step up and we have to take that opportunity. Um, you don't have to be a regional director to be a leader. You don't have to be a chief delegate. Every one of us, wherever we are, we have the ability to lead, but we have to, we have to take that action and be a leader. Um, just earlier in the past couple of weeks, I, I was talking with a, a an individual and she made the comment she said you know i just feel like i don't have a voice and i i said you do have a voice but you have to use it so it's up to us to to use our voice we won't have a voice if we don't use it and so there's somebody who's willing to listen um, in every avenue um, so use your voice step up um, be involved in the profession advocate for our patients. Um, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, to be a PTA opens many opportunities for you to grow. Life is a learning process. It's not some that you do one thing and then you're done. You know, you don't, you don't go to school and then you're done. That's just the beginning of it. Um, take everything that you have and learn more. Um, learn from everybody that you come in contact with and be involved and engaged in this great profession, advocating for what we do and the patients that we serve. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that you touched on all those things that um, I was hoping that we would get the chance to touch on as far as leadership and mentorship and, and stepping up. Um, we gotta show up to do the work, especially if we want to keep ourselves valuable and sustainable in the future and, um, show up to that opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It has been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. Um, I can't wait to see you here in the future. It sounds like we're going to run into each other at House of Delegates this year. So we can brush up on our Roberts rules, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'll see you in July and uh, I'll try not to call you out of order. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thank you for having me, Katie. Absolutely. The PTA Plus podcast is hosted and produced by Katie Sutton in collaboration with PT Pinecast host and CEO, Jimmy McKay. Thank you for listening to another episode of the PTA Plus podcast, where the conversation is for PTAs by PTAs. This show is for educational purposes only and not intended for clinical decision-making while care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. Become part of the PTA Plus podcast family by liking, sharing, and subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts.